Before we start this show, I have to warn you, there's a possibility that some content in this show could trigger awful feelings for you, especially if you've experienced some sort of sexual or domestic or childhood abuse. Figured I'd just let you know ahead of time. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording, Scott Rose shares a story about a really good year, maybe. I am a... <clears throat> I am a... I am a bulimic uh, person with... Um, a drinking problem and or probably an alcoholic um, I am a I'm pretty sure I'm a sexual assault victim and or survivor and I am also as it turns out um, from this very theater I received an award very recently for being um, the breakthrough performer male of the year. <clears throat> so, if you walk away from if you walk away from tonight with nothing else, just know if someone tells you that you can't have it all, um, apparently you can, and it's not necessarily a good thing. So, um, you know, uh, just a disclaimer with that because I I feel like I have to say it, which I think says more about me than anything else. I am. Um, these are three things that I don't talk about, and most people that know me don't know anything about it. I don't know most any of you. I am more comfortable telling you the fact that I have an eating disorder um, than I am getting up here and talking about anything um, in the year that was good or successful. Um, it's just not something I'm particularly comfortable with. So. Uh, for whatever reason. So I, um, I, do, I do improv and I do sketch and, and any number of things at this theater, but I, I fell in love with improv, <clears throat> a show this year called uh, The Three on Three. It was March Madness. It was an improv competition with my good friend Jessa. Um, <laughs> and what I realized that I loved so much about improv and that I had missed about performing in high school was it was kind of like the March Madness basketball tournament to where there were brackets and it just went on for probably, I think, a little over a month. And because we kept winning as a team, we kept advancing, which means we kept having to perform. And every week we would rehearse at least once or twice and then every week we would perform. And every week that I performed, it was an opportunity to be something else or someone else that was not me at all. Um, I, I, I was a stripper at one point. Um, I, I was very masculine and hetero at one point. I, I was able to play a lot of characters that were not me, and it was very freeing to do that. <clears throat> and what I enjoy most about improv is not a scene where you are standing and talking. I'm not particularly comfortable with that if I'm able to do a character, if I'm able to do something with physicality, I'm much more comfortable with it because it takes me out of my own self and I, uh, I can enjoy it and have fun. 
And so I realize now, for me, drinking performs the exact same function. I am not comfortable with who I am as a person, and I've come to realize this year it's not drinking out of sadness and it's not drinking because I'm depressed, though I am often. It's because I just don't like who I am, period. And I'm not comfortable being around people that I know or don't know sober because I don't like myself. I'm quiet. I'm reserved. Um, I'm anxious. I'm nervous. There are people that I know from this theater that I have known for over a year now that I'm not comfortable speaking to unless I've had a beer or two in me um, because I don't feel worthy enough as a person to even be talking to them. Um, and so I've, I've realized there's just really this self-hatred that I haven't really been able to admit to <clears throat> until I was asked to do the storytelling. And I thought, wow, 2016 was a great year. It was really awesome. And then I started to really actually think about it. I also had an opportunity this year <clears throat> to do a show called The 666 Project. And I was, um, thank you. I was very fortunate and very lucky to be gifted with five different parts that were great parts um, that I was able to do accents and I, I, I was able to do weird characters, like a weird futuristic Mr. Rogers with no personality whatsoever. I mean, just very strange, bizarre things. And for some reason, I was given the opportunity for these. And what I realized that I enjoyed so much about that was I had control. I was given the material and I was given the freedom from our directors to come up with the character that I wanted to play. And I could decide each and every night how much energy I could give to it or how much energy I wanted to give to it or when I you know, do this or when I do that or where I go or how I move or how I use the stage or how I interact. And there was this, there's something powerful about being given creative control about something and, and feeling as if you've done something with it. It, it was also very freeing. And then again, to escape in, into those characters and not be me. What I also realized is control is something I need and I use to my detriment. I use my eating disorder in the very same way that I enjoy the control from performance. I, if something is out of my control in the outside world, there is something I know I can always control or at least think I am in control of when I, I know I'm not. I can, I can decide <clears throat> how much I'm going to binge eat, which is a lot. Um, I decide when it's time for whatever that is that I've binged to go in whatever manner I decide is, is the best at that point. What I also know is I did more damage to myself physically in 2016 because of that eating disorder than I possibly have in my entire life combined. I am in a constant state of dehydration, 
Everything gives me heartburn. I have done irreparable damage to my throat, and I've done irreparable damage to my mouth. Um, and there are days that I am able to eat so much. Taco Bell is great for that. It's cheap. Um, that I can't function for a day or two. I, I had a really great New Year's Eve, and I had a lot of really great things that happened, and I woke up with this anxiety of, oh my God, I had such a great year, I cannot possibly compete with that. I told my friends I was sick, which is why I couldn't leave the house or why I couldn't do anything. I, I, I had done so much to myself after New Year's Eve that I, I couldn't function as, as a human being. I had, I had eaten so much and gotten rid of so much and had, had taken so many things and so many laxatives and all the other fun things that you do with an eating disorder that I couldn't function. And I got so wasted on the snow day because I had no food in me Four days I hadn't eaten, and I, had, I just got ridiculously drunk because I just couldn't possibly handle it. So the control aspect is it, not everything can be in your control. And what I've learned is something that I thought I was perfectly in control of. I, I absolutely am not. It, it actually controls me, and I am... I, I, am, I am fortunate that I am actually alive probably right now with everything that I've done to myself this year. So the biggest moment of my year, though, was on New Year's Eve. The pushers were kind enough to give us an awards ceremony for 2016. And... Um, called the Pushy Awards, and it was giving awards to performances, sketches, um, for storytelling as well, and the performers voted on it, so it was, it was an award from your peers, and I was <clears throat> um, fortunate enough to have, to have been given the breakout performance mail for the year, and I was sitting in this audience a couple rows back, and I, our category was up first, and I, I wanted it, like, I, I, I wanted it, and I, I felt bad for wanting it, but I wanted it so bad, and, um, they said my name, and you know, I, I made my way up here. It, it's just, you know, you hear people talking about their life kind of flashing before their eyes when they have some type of major event. And I, what flashed through my head as I walked the 20 feet up to the stage to take this award was all of the reasons why I actually didn't deserve it. Like, I, I, I had been gifted these parts... <clears throat> in the 666 show, and I, it, 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 they were very showy. Anybody could have done what I did with them, but I, I got the credit for it. And I, 
you know, had been given the opportunity to do any number of things in this theater that anybody could have done just as well, if not better. And and what and, and what do you, what do you say? It's. Like I said, it's it's more uncomfortable for me to talk about something like that than it is anything else. I don't. I, it's attention is not something I particularly look for, which is very strange because I like to perform. So, if you ever say anything to me after I get off stage and it's at all complimentary, if you just watch, I just slowly am backing away from you so that you stop talking to me because <laughs> I don't know what's going on and I feel weird about going. Yeah, it was great. I'm so awesome. I'm so awesome. I just have to go. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then you just this weird look like, who, what just happened? He's weird. But I knew I didn't deserve it. I also went through another breakup this year, which was actually a good thing. Um, but I, much with food and much with alcohol, I, I tend to binge with men. I also have worked in my homosexuality, point for me. Um, gay. So, um, but I will look you in the face and I will tell you it's just because I like to have sex. That's what it is. I don't need anything else from it. I don't want anything else from it. You're there for a purpose and then you have to get the fuck out. That's not the case, though. Sex for me for the most part, is kind of a, a, a utilitarian thing. It's there as a utility. I need that to get to the good part, which is that quiet part at the end when everybody's done the deed, and it's quiet, and there's a closeness, and there's an intimacy. I'm not somebody who particularly likes vulnerability or to feel vulnerable, but that is the one time that, for me, is acceptable. And so I am a little bit more sexually active than I should be. At one point this year, I, had, I was having a rough day. And so I needed that moment going, okay, I'm gonna, I have to go through the whole sex thing together. That's fine. I can, I can lay there and go through the motions. And oh, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Okay, now let's, let's be quiet and hold each other. Spoon me. And we are sitting there talking and... We're in the middle of a conversation, and he pounces. And it just, it was, it, it was odd, the way in which it came about. But again, I, you know, we'll go through the motions, and I'll, I'll get to my thing. But it was wrong. It was, it was, it was wrong from the moment it started. And I don't... I don't know that I've ever been so frightened in my life. And I, there's not a lot about me that's very obvious, but what is obvious is I will speak my mind whether or not someone likes it or not, and I will give you my opinion whether or not you like it or not. 
I'm not someone that you can take advantage of, and I'm not someone that you can sit there and, and attempt to make me feel worthless. That's not going to happen. I'll rip you to shreds verbally, and you won't know what just occurred. And I'm fine with that. I'm stronger than you in that way. But I couldn't say a word. And I don't, I don't know... I don't know who this guy was hate-fucking. Unfortunately, it, it was my body that was there at the time, and I don't... Not for a moment did I think I deserved to win that award. But the entire time that was going on, which seemed like forever, I could tell you 50 reasons why I deserved to have that happen to me. And the bad decisions that I made to lead me to that place. And it, when it was over, and he left, I didn't leave my bed for two days, trying to decide what Possibly, could I have put off that said, I want you to come over here and treat me like a piece of trash? And frighten me and go. Rebirth, just like birth, I think, is the promise of something. And, and whatever that something is, I, I think we all have an option and we all have choices as far as where we go. But I, the, the point of birth and rebirth is you, you, you have to be free and clear and you, you can't be weighted down by something that would hold you back. So I don't know what 2017 holds for me. I don't know that I can possibly do any better than I did in 2016. I don't know that I can come anywhere near close to um, the promise of what I set up this year because of this theater, but I I do know I can't, I can't go on kind of living this, this dual thing because it's, it's rough and I, it's, it's lying to the people that I know, it's lying to the people that I love and it, it, it prevents me from doing the things that I enjoy. I have I've missed opportunities in this building and elsewhere because I am too drunk or too hungover or too sick <clears throat> to function. So I don't know what 2017 holds. I know it's, it's my choice as far as what I do and how I do it. But I do know I can't go into it holding, letting things hold me down. So if, 
if nothing else, I put these three things out there kind of into the ether, get them off of me. Sorry, you get to take that shit home with you. Um, but I, it, it's... I'm, I'm cleaning my slate, or at least I'm taking stuff off of my plate to make room for something else. I hope. If you'd like to tell a story like this one, or just come out and see the show, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org, where you'll find a list of upcoming shows, submission information, contact forms, and more Storyteller podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live.